0: morning. It's good to be here with with all of you. Um, If you're a guest, I want to say, hey, we're glad you're here with us (laughs) this morning on this uh, Super Bowl Sunday. And if you're watching online, glad you're tuned in as well. How many of you are rooting for Tampa Bay? Anybody? Is anybody in here? Any hands? I see a few hands. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for you. (laughs) Honestly, how many are just watching the Super Bowl today for the commercials? You know, If you're even going to watch it. Who just doesn't care? I don't know any of those. <laughs> That's probably the where most of us are at. Well, I'm glad you made it to church this morning. Hey, uh, it's cold outside, but uh, it's, it's always good and, and, and warm to, to be with my church family. I, I Truly, I love being with, with all of you. And we've been in this series. I hope this series has been as good for you as it has been for me. Uh, choosing joy. We've been working through the book of Philippians. Uh, together, and uh, it, we just—we're—we're we're living in a time. We're—we're—we're we're, we're living in in a, in a you know, the, this the world today with everything going on. I we need some joy, and it really is something that we've got to be intentional about in our lives. It's something we've got to choose. It's why Paul is over and over and over again in the book of Philippians that we're working through, encouraging us to rejoice. In fact, we're going to get into chapter 4 today, and I just want to sh- show you right off the gate here that he's going to go ahead and say it again. Uh, Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Oh yeah, that's not what he says. He says rejoice in the Lord always. No matter what, no matter what we're going through, it's like there is, if, if you know Jesus and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and the hope that's found in Christ, you have reason to rejoice. He says, I'll, I'll even say it again, rejoice. Remember, Paul's writing this from, from prison. And he's saying, we, we always have something to, to, to find joy in, which is our relationship with Jesus. We've already talked about that a lot in, in this series. Um, but this morning, we're gonna see that Paul knows something when it comes to this this topic of joy, he he knows that if we're going to experience joy, we need peace. We need peace. Okay, that that when our peace increases, so does our our joy. And we're going to see as we get into chapter four today, Paul is going to encourage us to to have peace, to to, to be more at peace. Uh, this this last uh, summer, um, uh. My little girl, Callie, uh, four years old, um, was, was jumping on the bed with, with her cousin. And uh, you know that song, uh, Two Little Monkeys Jumping on the Bed? Well, one did fall off, which was my daughter, but she didn't break her head. She, she broke her arm. And, and in fact, um, she, she was crying. And my, my girl's tough. And so we knew just the fact the way she was crying and how long she was crying. Like, that's not like Callie. So we knew something was serious wrong. Uh, took her and She broke both bones in her arm. And, um, you know, besides just the, you know, the, the panic of all that and the, the, the having to rush her in and in and out of the hospital with different, you know, appointments and things like that, the cost, some of you who you know who have medical expenses, you know it is expensive. And uh, instantly we found ourselves like thousands of dollars <laughs> in, 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 in medical debt uh, because of all this. And I, I got a little, you can imagine, it was a little, it was stressful. I found, I found myself anxious. Um, now fast forward two months later, she got the cast off. She's all excited. She's going to get to go swimming again. Uh, she's running through the house, running through to find her mom who's in the, the bathroom. And she has to run through our bedroom where there's a pillow on the ground. And she trips over the pillow, breaks both bones in her arm again. So now we're back at the hospital having to go through this whole experience again. And now it wasn't Callie crying. Now it was Daddy crying. All right. I, I was weeping and, 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 and you, you know, these, the, I was just seeing the, the, the time and the energy and the medical expenses again that were going to be doubled. And, and, and I was just thinking about this and I was, I was stressed and, uh, you know, this is expensive. I mean, we care about Cali too. I mean, yeah, we cared about her arm, but it was it, the expenses of all this stress us out. And we were, I mean, we found ourselves in serious, serious debt, our savings gone, debt. Now, I want to say this because I know this is a caring church, very loving church. I'm just going to tell you, I can't give you the details. Uh, God has been good. God has been we are, we are We are debt free. For, and we have decent insurance, but I mean, I'll just say we found ourselves uh, over $5,000 uh, in debt at, at, after our savings. God has made that up to us. God is good. Okay? God is good. So I want you to know that so, because I, I know some of you are very caring. Um, but at the time, we were stressed out of our minds. And at the time it was just, it was, there was, was a lot of anxiety uh, going on in, in my heart as I was looking at our finances. And maybe, maybe some of you can 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 relate to that uh, in some area of, of your life dealing with, with anxiety, where maybe it's even at times you find yourself having a hard time like even catching your breath as you think about something. You know, it's amazing what Jesus says in John 14. He says this. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Or you could read that. Do not let your hearts be anxious. He says, and do not be afraid. Um, Jesus gives us this promise of peace. He says, I'm going to give you this supernatural peace. But why is it as believers we still find ourselves battling with stress, anxiety, and worry. Why is it that we find ourselves still in this place of, of, of anxiousness? And especially in times like we're living now, it can be easy to give way to, to anxiety in our lives. Uh, last year, Google uh, found out that the, the, the search for how to deal with anxiety, it doubled. It doubled last year from the previous year. Uh, it is the number one, this, this issue of anxiety, it's the number uh, one uh, considered mental disorder in our country, here in the U.S. Now, I say that, and uh, to be honest with you, I don't like the fact that we call it a mental disorder. Um, uh, I do think some people have such an extreme case, they need to get professional help. Uh, there, sometimes there's something physiological uh, going on. Uh, but, but I don't like calling it a mental disorder, because it, it, really, it's something we all struggle with anxiety, worry, fear of the future, fear of the unknown, fear of uncertainty. It's it's something we all deal with to to some degree or another. Some, maybe it's it's not panic attacks and things like that, but it might be just being really fidgety or or you can't sit still. Some of you, you you know, you're troubled to be with your thoughts, to, to have actual quiet time where you have to like be with yourself or be in a relationship with God. That would be extremely hard for you. Um, but some of us do have an extreme form of that. We, we actually find ourselves having panic attacks and um, being paralyzed by that. Um, and, and there's all kinds of things that can bring anxiety into our lives, that can bring worry and fear into our life. Some, it, sometimes it is our finances. It's a big one. It's a big one for many of us. Uh, but sometimes it's, 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 it's things like just getting a project done at work or at school. Uh, that can induce that in us. It can be relationships. We're going to talk more about that. Paul's going to bring that up uh, later on. Relationships can actually be something that that causes anxiety. And some of you get anxious when you're not anxious. You you get anxious because you 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 think you should be anxious about something. I've actually known people. Life is going well, and they're like, "It's going too good. I got to find something to get anxious about." Right. So anxiety is a real problem that we deal with in in, in our culture and and, and in the world. All of us struggle with it. And Paul this morning, he wants to help us have peace. Peace. God gives us this promise of peace, but what we're going to see from Paul as we get into chapter 4, he's going to get very practical. He's going to get really practical in chapter 4 because he's going to teach us that there are some things that you and I need to do, some disciplines that you and I need to put in place, some things we need to practice if we're going to experience the peace that Jesus promises us. And that's what I want us to look at today. Paul wants our peace to increase. Paul was, remember, he's writing this, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, it is God, God who wants your peace to increase. And so as we look at chapter 4, I see uh, a few things here that Paul's going to teach us that can help our peace to increase. Now, here's the first one. we got to give grace to others. If 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 I want my peace to increase, I've got to learn to give grace to others. Now, that might sound kind of odd to you that we're talking about anxiety and that we would go here, showing grace to others, but, but you're going to see that this is, this is a big part of having peace in our life. It has to do with our relationships with others. Uh, in, in verse 2 of chapter 4, uh, Paul says, I, I plead with you, Odia, and I plead with Syntyche, to be of the same mind in the Lord. So apparently, what's going on is we have these two women in the church of Philippi, who are at odds with one another. They're in conflict with one another. They're not getting along. And can you imagine your name getting put in the Bible? Because you are at conflict with someone else in the church. That's how these women will be remembered. All right? you uh, Odia and Syntyche, I can just imagine this, by the way. I can imagine Euodia sitting on one side of the church, you know, Syntyche on the other side of the church. Paul writes this letter from prison. It gets to him. They're like, we're going to read this letter in front of the church. And then in chapter 1, Paul's talking about the gospel is advancing, even though I'm in prison, even though I'm in chains. And I can just hear Euodia and Syntyche, amen, amen. Then you get to chapter 2 and the humility of Christ and how humble Christ was. And amen, amen. Chapter three, it's about putting Christ first, making Christ your goal. Amen. Amen. And then you get to chapter four, and Paul's like, hey, you Odian and Syntyche. It straight up calls them out. Get, it, it, get along. It tells us this is a big deal. Sometimes as Christians, we forget that when there is tension, but in relationship, like this, it, it matters to God. It mattered to, to Paul. This is a big deal. In verse three, he goes on to say, yes. And I ask you, my true companion, he says, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers, whose names are in the book of life. I find that fascinating. These are Christians. These are believers. And it's Paul's reminding them, hey, your names are in the book of life. It's almost like he's saying, don't, don't forget, you're going to spend eternity with one another. You might want to learn how to start getting along. Right, you're going to spend eternity with other. We're going to be in eternity with one another. And so for Paul, this is a, a a really a really big deal, you know. But this isn't a big deal in our culture today, right? I mean, this doesn't this isn't relevant, is it? This idea of getting along. You know, this is one of the things that's so beautiful about the church is we have people who are coming from all different walks of life, all different places, all different backgrounds. You have people probably in your row who voted differently than you, and some of you are like, "Who is it?" You're like sitting with your family right now. Which one? Okay, in your section. Okay, you probably have someone who voted differently, and yet we come together and we're united in Christ. And that's what we don't know what the odd, you know, what these two women were, were were. in conflict about. But Paul's just saying, we're, we're called to get along as believers. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, verse 5, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. This word gentleness, I, I think maybe a better translation in the Greek. It's actually your graciousness. Let your grace be evident to, Be gracious to one another. Uh, it, it means like, don't be so easily offended. Be kind listen to one another before having to be heard. But it also means being willing to forgive. Forgive when you are wronged. And he gives us a warning. He's like, the Lord is near. And he either means that Jesus is soon to come back and you don't want to be caught being one of those Christians who just, I just refuse to forgive. And, or he means the Lord is watching. It's like, God's here. He knows. This is, this is a big, this is a big deal forgiving others you know it's interesting Jesus talks about forgiveness it's the one command where he, he talks a little differently about this topic of forgiveness uh, some many of you are familiar with the Lord's Prayer and you know in the Lord's Prayer Jesus says Father um, forgive us our trespasses what so we forgive those who trespass against us. But then, after the Lord's Prayer, he circles back to, to explain. The, the one thing he says in the Lord's Prayer, he circles back to explain it. There's one, And it's that topic of forgiveness, okay? And he goes on uh, after he teaches the disciples to pray. Listen to what Jesus says. I want you to hear this, friends. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Um, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your, your Father Will, will not forgive your sins. I mean, big deal? That's a big deal. Now, you know, most things, Jesus teaches, it's like, you've received, so then do it to others. And that is certainly true when it comes to forgiveness. Jesus even has a parable where he talks, to show someone had received grace and needed to then therefore show grace. So it's true, we've received grace from God Therefore, we should be willing to show grace to others. But here, and actually Jesus says this many other places, when he talks about forgiveness, he doesn't just say, you've received grace, so show grace to others. No, he says, show grace to others, forgive others, and then your Father in heaven will forgive you. Man, this is, okay. I don't know exactly what, to do with that theologically except I do know this over and over and over the Bible says we are saved by grace I don't think Jesus is teaching that you can lose your salvation okay he's not but I think at the very least it does mean this that if you aren't willing to forgive others you're not going to experience the fullness of peace that comes from your relationship with God you're going to be saved, you're going to be a child of God, but if you're not forgiving someone else, there's going to be a little tension now between you and God. And so we can see that this topic of forgiving others, being gracious to one another, it, it is, it is a big, it is a big deal. And one of the things that's helped me, and I heard someone say this recently when it comes to this topic of forgiving others, is... Um, what would happen if you started to see other people as children? You know, just see them as a child. Like, you saw that, like, we, you know, because along the way, what happens? We're, we're, we, we get hurt, you know? We get broken. There's, there's pain that happens in all of our lives. And someone has said, you know, everybody's fighting a battle. Remember that everybody's fighting a battle. And if you saw people like that, if you saw them as kids that along the way, and, and it gives you some perspective that might help you to finally let it go. Is there anyone here? I just wonder who needs to forgive somebody today, maybe this is the day where you do that so you can start experiencing the fullness of peace that comes in your relationship ultimately with with God. And let me say this too, little side note, um, something that God's been teaching me. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing when you are in community with people where you are receiving grace and showing grace. Receiving grace and showing grace. Being forgiven, because we all are going to need forgiveness at times, and also forgiving others. There's something beautiful that happens, but um, especially in America, in in, in the church today, and I, listen, I don't have anybody in mind as I say this, um, but what happens when there's conflict? What what happens when we're uncomfortable with someone? And maybe it's even the leadership. What, What happens? We pack our bags and we just go to the next church. And, uh, and, and, and maybe that's your story. Maybe you're here today. Listen, I, no judgment ag- against you. And there is a time and place, I think, to have to, to pack your bags. But, but listen, I want to encourage you. If you're here at Edinburgh, and this is your, your church home, dig your deeps, your roots down here. Start, start, start letting your roots grow here at, at Edinburgh Church. And will there be conflict if you start serving, if you get into a small group? Will, probably. Probably, because that's, human beings find themselves in conflict at times. That's just, that's just the nature. But here's the beautiful thing. When you're, in a, when you're walking with people where you're going to have to receive sometimes forgiveness and you're going to have to show forgiveness to others, listen, it's in that receiving grace, showing grace, receiving showing grace, guess what happens? God begins to transform your life from the inside out. And when I just pack my bags and I leave and I do the easy thing, guess what? You are short circuiting the growth that God wants to do in your heart. There is something that be very beautiful that happens when Christians receive grace, show grace, receive grace, show grace, grow in that together and see the beauty <laughs> and the good that God works out through that. I want to encourage you to be a part of that here at Edinburgh Church. First way we receive peace, we gotta show grace, be willing to show grace to others. Second way we receive peace, we increase our peace, is um, we cast our burdens on God. Cast your burdens on God. Paul goes on in verse six, he says, do not be anxious about anything. Many of us know this verse, we love this verse, this is one of those tattoo verses, right? Do not be anxious about anything. God doesn't want us being anxious or worried. Now, the, 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 Tense being used here, do not be anxious. This is a present continuous tense, so it means don't be continuously anxious. Even that Paul admits at times he was anxious about something. But God doesn't want us living in anxiety, continuously being anxious, okay? So how do we battle anxiety? Well, he goes on to saying, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So what does Paul teach us to do? Go to God in prayer. Go to God in prayer. Take, take your care and go to God in prayer. That's what, that's what Paul is telling us to do here. By prayer and petition. Um, with thanksgiving, don't forget to be thankful, but to go to God and pray. And tell God, this is, this is what I'm dealing with. This is, my, this is my burden right now. This is the issue. That, that's on my heart. Uh, I was wondering, what would happen if every time, you know, you experienced an anxious thought or concern or worry, what if for you that was your signal to pray? What if that was your ping to, to pray? You know, people like with their cell phones and you get that little ping and you're like, you, you're, oh, I got to check my cell phone. Anybody, you, you, you've seen that, right? It's like we are obsessed with our cell phones and that ping. You get a ping, and it's almost impossible, right, not to look. I see it anywhere in meetings, and people get the ping, and they, they got to look, you know. People driving get that ping, and they'll, you know, be driving, and they'll make sure they can get their cell phone. What if for you anxiety was your ping to go to God in prayer? So you're like, maybe you're going to have to step away from your office for, for five minutes. So you can go somewhere and pray. Or maybe it's in the car. You're like, okay, God, right now I'm, I'm, i I got to make some time to put these requests off on you. Anxiety, worry, fear, that should be our signal to go to God and pray. And then he says in verse 7, he says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which means it doesn't make sense, he says it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That if you will do that, if you will take your request to God, he doesn't say your circumstances will necessarily change. What he says is if you will go to God in prayer, if you will let anxiety be your ping to pray, God will give you a peace, in your circumstance, a peace that doesn't that doesn't always make sense, peace that you can't always explain. That's because it comes from heaven. It comes it comes from God. It doesn't come from this this world. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was one of the greatest um, theologians of, of the twentieth century. Um, he was uh, executed by by the Nazi um, by the Nazis and. He was on his way to his execution. He was walking to his execution, to his death, with a friend at his side, and he said, "This is the end, but for me this is just the beginning." That this is the end, but for me this is just the beginning. He was he was stepping into eternity. He was going to see Jesus face to face, and in that moment where he was walking to his death, he had a peace that didn't make sense. Have, have you ever been around a believer who was on their deathbed or who knew that their time was, was, was being cut short and yet they had a peace to them? You ever known anyone like that? I have, I've seen people here at the church go to, their, go to their death with this peace that just didn't make sense. I've been at their funerals where family had this peace. Yes, we were mourning this loss and we were mourning because we were gonna miss them but there was a peace in the midst of it that just didn't, make sense. Anybody want that kind of peace? I do. Paul tells us it, it comes it comes through prayer. It's because people are praying. That's why I believe that peace exists, because people are praying. They're connecting their hearts with God, and they're taking it to God in prayer. All, all their fears, all their worries, all their stresses. Look what uh, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, 7. He says, cast all your anxi- anxiety on him, on God, because he cares for you. God loves you He doesn't want you to be stressed. He doesn't want you to be anxious. He doesn't want you living in fear and worry. He wants you to come to him and be honest with him, your deepest, darkest struggle, and cast it off on him. He says he'll carry it for you because he cares for you. He wants to give you peace. And in the Bible, we have this sweet promise that even with all of our problems and everything going on in the midst of the chaos, if we will take our chaos to God and cast it off on him, he will take it all and he will work it out into something good in our life. When we know that, friends when we know that there is a God who is in control and can take the chaos and bring order back into it and can bring peace into your life. Friends, you can have some rest. You can have some rest. You can have some peace in this God. Maybe there's some care this morning that you need to take to him <laughs> and you need to just cast it off. It's the idea of taking a stone and throwing it into the water. Maybe you just need to, I have a friend, he, he, he says when I'm stressed, he takes his, whatever it is that's bothering him and he just says, God, here it is. And then he just does this. He just takes it and he, he gives it over. And it's like this release. In fact, will you practice that with me right now? I bet we all have some stress. I bet we all have some worry, concern in our life. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do it. Come on, come on. Come on, people. It's going to feel good to do this together. All right, on three, we're just going to release it. One, two, three. Mm. God, yeah, he cares. He cares. He's going to take it. He's going to take it. It's, it. Oh, it's in his hands right now. Let him be in control. You know what it is? It's a way, it's, it's a way of surrender. God, I am surrendering. my. I'm surrendering all my care because ultimately I'm surrendering my life, God. My life is yours. I'm surrendering my life, including all my problems, all my struggles, all my sins that I struggle with, my temptations, my messed upness. God, I'm giving it all over to you. It's yours. It's yours. My life is yours. And you know what he'll do? He's going to take your life and he's going to work something beautiful into it. That's our God. That is our God. He is sovereign, he is in control, and I want him to be my friend, not my enemy, which means I submit and I surrender to him. If you'll learn to do that, friends, and take your cares to him, I'm telling you, you will see him work something beautiful out through it. <laughs> Cast your burdens on God. Brings us to this last way our, our, our peace increases, which is we think great thoughts. We think great thoughts, okay? Verse 8, Paul goes on. more thing Paul wants us to do, so our peace will increase. Finally, brothers and sisters. By the way, he said finally now like four times in this letter. I just love that. He's a preacher. Finally, just close it. You know, laying in the play. <laughs> it's like the fourth time he said it. Verse 8, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Okay, man, saying think great thoughts. In other words, think thank God thoughts. Think think good thoughts. Thoughts that are that are of God. This word to um, think on. It's it's the idea of chew. It's the idea of chew on something. Meditate. Ruminate on something. It's like you chew, have you you know? Uh did anybody anybody know anyone, or maybe it was some of you who like has chewed tobacco? You know, you know, it's like you chew, they put the snow you know, get their little Copenhagen and do that thing with their can and you know And they chew on it. What are they doing? They're chewing. This is what he's saying. He's like, chew. But here's the thing about tobacco, and there's no judgment against anybody who, who you know, does that. Um, but even if you do, you know that, like, long-term, that's not healthy, right? Like, long-term, that's not good for you to, to constantly have tobacco, like, in your life. In fact, I went with a friend to Canada one time who chewed, and he bought it. And on the, they put pictures of people with cancer on the, like, tin can. And they showed, like, people with throat cancer, and they showed people, like, missing part of their mouth or their jaw. I mean, they, they, they do that in Canada, to show you. Like, it long-term, it's, like, really, it's a no judgment. But as your pastor who loves you, I'd say, like, you need to, you know, stop, try to get some help with that. Because at some point, it will catch up with you. It's not healthy to do that, like, long-term, to chew tobacco. But, you know, we, we, as we generally know that, even those of you who might chew tobacco, you like you know, like long term I shouldn't do this. Why? Because we care about our physical selves, we care about our bodies. But yet let me tell you this, people are chewing on stuff mentally that is more toxic than tobacco. And people are chewing on all kinds of things mentally that's going to be far more destructive for their lives than tobacco. Uh, I remember many years ago. Uh, this was like 10 years ago. This before I came to Edinburgh Church. But I got caught up in, in, in this, this like this I don't know you would call it, but people were saying that we were going to get hit with solar flares. This just sounds so ridiculous, just saying this a lot, And it could, I don't know, I guess it could happen. But they said we were going to get hit with solar flares and we were going to lose our electrical grid. Like it was going to wipe out the electrical grid. Anybody else ever heard that? And at the time, I was like on these news sites where it was saying we are going to get hit with solar flares and we are going to, we are going to lose the, the electrical grid. Danielle and I didn't have much money at the time. I actually went out and spent over $400 to buy a generator because I was so convinced. I was chewing on this side, this conspiracy or whatever you want to call it that the, 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 we were going to get hit with solar flares and, 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 and we were going to lose our electricity. But then what happened is in my personal life, one day I was just having this like really bad, bad day. Um, I I think I was applying for a job and it fell through. I didn't last minute, I didn't get it. I've been going through a whole process. All this stuff, I got hit with it. And here's the thing, it all caught up with me. And I remember sitting on my couch and just feeling some of the deepest despair that I've ever felt in my life. And I was a believer. And yet here I was wallowing, feeling despair, and I realized why it was. It was because I was chewing on these, these, these beliefs, chewing on this idea that the world was coming to an end. And I was just chewing on it, chewing on it, chewing on it. And when, when, when other things started going wrong in my life, it all caught up. And friends, it was destructive in my life. It was destructive. And Paul's saying here, don't do that. Don't chew on those things. It's not bad to be aware of things going on in the world. It's not bad to be aware of things that's going on in the news. But don't chew on it. He says, what you need to chew on are the things that are good, the things that are noble, the things that are of God. Can I just remind us for a second? There is still good in the world. We still have hope. If you're a believer, if the world does end, that should be the best news ever. We're going to be with Jesus forever, you and me together. We'll still do church up there. I guess i don't know, but it won't be me up here; it'll be Jesus, which means I get to sit there. That'd be so—I oh, can't wait. Got a lot of things to be hope-filled about, friends. There is still a lot of good all around us. So I told you, Kelly broke her arm twice. Which meant Danielle and I spent a lot of time at the hospital. And the hospital we went to was Children's Hospital. I don't know if any of you have ever been to Children's Hospital. They got kids and parents there who were struggling with things a lot more serious than than broken arms. And I saw some kids and some parents who I, I, I couldn't imagine what their lives must have been like. But I remember seeing this dad who had his son in, like, a, a smaller hospital bed that he could push. And he must have known the place because he was pushing his son around. His son's head was shaven. looked like maybe couldn't have been more than 10 years old. Maybe he had a leukemia or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I was just like, I can't imagine. And it looked like he was pushing him down this corridor where maybe they did prep for, like, surgery or something like that or some big procedure. And as the dad is just about to go through the double doors see this nurse walk out. Nurse clearly kind of knew this dad and this child and she went up to the child and she spoke some some words of comfort uh, to him and he smiled and then she went to the dad and started talking to the dad and uh, ended the conversation by giving this dad a hug which I could just kind of tell gave him the courage he needed to walk through those double doors and I'm telling you if you've never been to Children's Hospital just the love And the care and the support that they had for the parents and for the the children. Friends, it was noble. It was noble. It was a reminder to me, there is still good in our world. And I don't know if Children's Hospital has anything to do. I don't know if it has any Christian roots or anything like that. As far as I know, it doesn't. But Paul doesn't say just whatever's in the church. He says whatever is noble. Because guess what? It's all God's. The world is God's. Did you realize there is still good in human beings, friends? Even those who aren't Christians, there is good because they are made in the image of God. The image has been defaced, but it has not been erased. There is still good all around us. And Paul says, find those things that point us to God and chew on them. Because if you do that, You're going to have more peace in your heart. In fact, he goes on to say in verse 9, look at this. He says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me. Again, here it is. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. Giving grace to others. Casting your burdens on God. Thinking great thoughts. Put it into practice and what? The God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. And here's, what, here's the bottom line. Here's what we realize. Peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of God in our problems. And when we put these things into practice, we, can, we experience more of him. And that's what I want for you. I want you to experience more of this God and his peace in your heart. Anyone here that you need to forgive? Anybody here today need to forgive Somebody? This is the day you let it go. Any burden, care that you need to cast off onto God today? You can do that. Anybody need to change the way they're thinking and the things they're chewing on? Okay, I would encourage you. I would encourage you to do that so you can experience, you can experience our Christ. You can experience more the Prince of Peace as he's called we're going to end today, um, I hope, drawing our hearts closer to the Prince of Peace. We're going to take communion. Did everybody grab uh, one of these on their way in? Um, you know, this, this cracker, this wafer, this, this blood, just a reminder it. It represents Jesus giving his life uh, for you and me, Um, being nailed to a cross, having lived a perfect life, fulfilling the law in our place, and, and, and bleeding out so that you and I, what, yes, could be forgiven, could be washed clean of our sin, but ultimately so that you and I could have peace with God. Jesus came so that you and I could be at peace with God so that our sin could be wiped away and removed from us as far as the east is from the west so that we could be given a righteous standing that's not our own so that when God looks on you and this is what you need to understand this morning friends when God looks on you you he sees the righteousness of Christ on you The law has been fulfilled for you because of our Jesus <laughs> And so we have peace. We have peace with God. But he doesn't just want us to have peace with him. He also wants us to have peace with each other. Friends, we are family. Did you know that? We are God's holy ones. We are saints. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are on this incredible journey that's all headed to heaven together. Is that not an incredible thought to chew on this morning? We are family. You are my brothers. You are my sisters in Christ. Why? Why is this possible? Because of our Jesus. Can we say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you Jesus. So we're going we're to eat together. If you want to peel that first, that, that top layer. Take the wafer here. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he broke the bread and he said, This is my body. This is my body being broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then Jesus took the cup. You want to peel that second layer? Shoe on Jesus right now (laughs) and he took the cup and he said this cup it's the cup of the new covenant that I'm making the peace between God and man as often as you drink this do this in remembrance of me Mm. thank you Jesus thank you Jesus we're going to get an opportunity to respond this morning, to chew on this Christ. And so here's what I want to do. Can I just ask that we would stand and I'll pray and then we will get after it. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We love you. And, uh, man, this, this, this topic of peace, I want it for us. I want it for us so badly. I pray people aren't just coming in here today and just hearing another message. I pray they're going to put these things into practice. They're going to draw closer to you. They're going to experience you, the Prince of Peace. And that it will reign in our hearts. It will reign in our minds. It will change us as a people. So God, give us the power today if there's anyone we need to forgive. Right now, we just, we let it go. We let it go. From the bottom of our heart, we, we let it go. Help us with that, Lord. The power and the strength supernaturally to do that and to be free from that. Be at peace with that person as much as possible. And God, our burdens right now, we give them over to you again. Just take them. If someone hasn't already turned that over to you, I pray they'll do that right now. God, hand it over. And God, help us to be people with our minds who chew on you. <laughs> draw those nutrients that come from a relationship with you in the depths of our being that we could know your love and your joy and your peace that only you can give in this world we live. God, I'm going to pray right now. It would be ours and we would claim it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that all this is possible because of your sacrifice and your love for us. We pray this in your name. Amen.